Uh, hi, this is uh, this is Jeff Levy, and this is the um, My Dog Brandy podcast, um, and we're doing this uh, live. Um, so, uh, so hopefully, you guys are going to enjoy it at least on the on the replay. And you can certainly go to the My Dog uh, uh, Brandy page on Facebook if you miss it and you want to watch the replay. You catch it and you see it on your stream. Um, I'm really happy I've got Diane Hansen and Todd Cameron, who uh, wrote a really interesting book um, I went through um, uh, and read. It's called Management Unleashed, and I've got the book somewhere, but you uh, you can see the cover. While they talk, I'll go get it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Great. It's a, it's, a, it's a really easy read. It's called Management Unleashed. Uh, leadership lessons from my dog, which fits perfectly with the with this podcast. Um, I've known Todd for um, since uh, the 1980s. We went to college together. We're actually in a fraternity together, and he's my little brother yeah. in the fraternity. So it's especially great to uh, to see them, and really want to jump in. Um, they've got interesting you know, personal dog stories. And um, certainly we want to make sure we talk to the book. So I'll start with um, uh, uh, Diane. Diane's got, uh, first of all, I'll give you a little bio. Um, she uh, really ha has helped organizations develop uh, functional teams, highly functional teams. And um, I love this part of your bio, caring managers, which a lot of times seems like a total oxymoron. Um, she was the owner for I can't believe it's 28 years of creative resource development. Uh, she's been a mayor of Dewey Beach in Delaware for six years. Um, so a pretty varied career. Um, and she obviously loves animals. She's uh, chairman of the board of the Chester County SBCA. Um, and she's got, um, she's got three pets. She's got Divot, which is a three-year-old cat, which is a rescue. She's got Putter, which is a two-year-old uh, cat. Uh, and she's got Willie, which is a one and a half year old papu. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, which is Papillion and Poodle uh, together. They're all rescues, which is really, really interesting. Um, so, Diane, I want to start. I'll start with you. Thank you for being here. Um, maybe you can talk about, um, you know, before we get to the book, uh, I'm just really interesting. Like, what attracts you to rescue animals? Well, I just love animals, and I know having been a volunteer at the SPCA and eventually become the chairman of the board years ago, um, how needy uh, these animals are and how important it is to adopt an animal that's already born and not going to a breeder and having another one produced, and then the other one ends up getting put to sleep or whatever. Um, so it, being aware of that certainly makes me always get a rescue. That's um that's great. I mean, Brandy um, was actually uh, a rescue dog we got uh, at Buddy Dog um, Humane Society in Sudbury, and I I tell the story in one of the podcasts that I actually think when we got him, um, and he gave me like this giant kiss, which was that was it. I fell in love. But I'm convinced, given how smart he was, and we got him like three months or six months old, they looked at us and said, okay. There's um, there's a only child who's eight years old. Um, he's making the decision, and the three of them, quite frankly, don't look all that smart. And I could pretty much run this entire house. 
So I am convinced he actually chose us. It wasn't that we chose him. And he did. He ran, he, he ran a house which runs completely counter to the strategy in your book. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, so I think, I think we did take Brandy, we'll get into this, but we did take Brandy to, um, dog obedience, which you really highlight, which is a centerpiece of your book and how that relates to helping your protagonist work through a tough project. Um, we took him to obedience. He passed, we failed. So, you know, <laughs> and it worked because we were totally obedient to him afterwards. So, um, uh, so, so there's an interesting story, Diane, that you've got about, um, which I think is fascinating, how your cats really mentored and helped uh, Willie, who was a bit shy. Can you, can you tell us that story? Sure. Um, we just adopted Willie about a year ago, and he was a rescue about four months old. And when we picked him up, he was afraid of everything. He basically shook with total fear, just just totally trembling all the way home in the car. And uh, when we got him home, we introduced him to our cats very gradually. And um, the cats, of course, are, um, at this point, Willie was only six pounds. And the one cat's nine pounds, and then we have a Maine Coon cat who's 16 pounds. So um, the cats kind of looked like, what is that? <laughs> You know, and, uh, but they immediately um, took him under their paws and helped him adjust because he was afraid of, as I said, everything. He was afraid of us. He was afraid of leashes. He was afraid of uh, outdoors. He was afraid of balls. He was afraid of treats. And so the first time I showed him a ball, he ran away and hid. Well, the cats saw this. So about half hour later, when a dog came out from hiding, the cat gets a ball and starts batting around the living room and kind of looks at the dog like, this is what you do with the ball, dummy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> within a half an hour, the dog was playing with the ball. And, you know, through the whole thing, I think the cats just helped a lot because the dog was so insecure, but yet he'd look and see the cat sitting in our lap and getting petted. And he saw that we fed them and had the water and all that. And I'm sure that behind the scenes in there, Animal language, they said, it's okay, you'll be all right. And as, it, as a result, he adjusted much better over time. You know, animals have sort of this just innate sense of, of love and helping. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was fascinating. Um, let me jump to Todd for a moment okay. so I can get him in this conversation. Uh, like I said, I've known him since the uh, uh, since the 80s. Um, he is currently the innovation lead in a, a fintech uh, financial technology company. Helps clients and colleagues really develop their intrapreneurial skills. Which, if you're not familiar, it's like being an entrepreneur but inside a larger organization mm -hmm. um, and approach problems with a sort of a creative mindset. He's got Millie, which I'm going to completely mess up. This uh, the type of breed, which is a co Coton de Tullier, I guess. Uh, okay, great. Uh, who's seven months? Um, but you just got you just got Millie in April, and this is your first dog, which I think is uh, your first time uh, first pet. Yeah, first first time dog owner. Um, talk about talk about how Millie has changed. Um, 
you know, your life and what's it like having Millie? And also, you know, you've got kids. What's what's that been the effect of uh, uh, of your of your children? Well, it's been a, a very positive effect on the children. I'll be honest. Uh, just move up a little uh, front, Todd. Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I wasn't quite on board at first. Oh, we still can't. I'm sorry, we um, still can't. We've been friends with Diane for more than uh, tw almost 20 years, and we've been coming down here to the beach quite a bit. And sometimes when she and her husband would go on vacation, we'd actually stay here and dog sit. So they did. This was a treat for the kids. This was part of the vacation of, of the opportunity to take care of the dog while we were here. So, uh, but we've had some challenges with with uh, allergies, and there's a certain irony here you're going to hear about in a minute. But uh, this uh, Coton de Tuvier is allegedly, and I say allegedly, a hypoallergenic dog. Uh, me, who has never had an allergy in my life, suddenly is coughing up the storm, <laughs> nose running, eyes watering. Uh, but at first, you know, there was a pandemic. I thought, oh my gosh, I gotta get myself tested. Got myself tested. <laughs> Turned out I was okay. It turns out the end result was that uh, I tested negative and I'm mildly allergic to the dog, the hypoallergenic dog myself. But how it's really changed our life is, first of all, I think that, uh, the situation our country's in with the pandemic, the world's in with the pandemic going on, it was a good time to introduce Millie into our family. She is a puppy and the kids were available to help with the training. We actually each got our three daughters, uh, 13 year old twins and an 11 year old. Uh, and they each have a day, the whole day. They are responsible for the dog. The minute they get up in the morning, they are responsible for the feeding and cleaning up after them, walking them. Uh, I'm not going to say which kid has more accidents in the house than others, but, <laughs> but there are. There are <laughs> certain, you get to clean it up, right? Certainly days. Yes, yes. Uh, but I think mean, it's, it's gone extremely well. I'm very proud of how they handle it. There's, there's, there's always some challenges sometimes, especially the 13-year-olds getting them out of bed. Sometimes they go ahead and take care of the dog. But um, it's been also interesting, uh, you know, uh, again, it's kind of ironic working on this book without actually owning a dog and just vicariously through Diane and vicariously through friends and just what I've observed working with them. But now I actually take this dog for many walks. I realize that dogs are the original social network. Uh, <laughs> and there's no technology involved. Uh, you, you know, you go out there and you talk to people of all stripes of life and all walks of life. And uh, there's, there's just this kind of bond, but it's also, you know, a, an icebreaker uh, when, for somebody who doesn't even have a dog, walks up to you, they always want to know what kind of breed she is, or they want a pet her. Or a, uh, uh, Millie, if you're not a dog person, uh, Millie is determined to win you over. Uh, so <laughs> she's uh, she's got a really great personality, still working, and now it's also interesting because we actually have a beginning dog training. Uh, on September 12th, so a week from tomorrow, we'll be actually working with a trainer because she, she's doing fairly well with sit and some things, but she doesn't always come when she's called and um, she chews on a lot of things. Fortunately, my wife is petite, so we have a walk-in closet and all of my shoes are on the higher shelf, so, <laughs> so I've been kind of okay. I've had one pair of uh, moccasins chewed up and that's, I, other than that, it, it hasn't been too bad. But it, it's, uh, 
it's definitely a life changing. Just go ahead. Yeah, it's definitely uh, been a life changing is uh, experience for the positive and that she loves the beach. This is our second trip to Dewey with uh, Millie this summer. We were in uh, a dog friendly place and the beach is very, uh, when the lifeguard leaves uh, at five o'clock, that last whistle blows, I am not kidding, within five minutes, there are dozens of dogs in the beach and they're all greeting each other and everybody's just kind of walking around, talking to each other. It, it's really a wonderful experience. There's one thing about that is that dogs help turn Dewey Beach around. Dewey Beach is kind of a dirty little bar town. And when I became there, that was what I wanted to change. We started by cleaning up the town, uh, the litter, getting rid of the litter, getting rid of, um, you know, that sort of thing. And beautifying, putting in flowers and bushes. And then the next step was to bring in people other than people who want to just come and get drunk and party. And the answer was to rent two dogs. <laughs> In other words, wow. people would say, I, I don't I don't want to rent anymore. There's too many rowdy kids. They destroy my property. I said, make it a pet-friendly um, condo. And that if they're bringing their dog, odds are they're not going to be drunks because they got to get up early and take the dog out. <laughs> right? So it worked. And we started having different events. Uh, four dogs. We had a Greyhound weekend, and then we started a second Greyhound weekend. And we had someone call wanted to do a Doodle weekend. We do that twice a year now. And they have um, uh, we. Uh, my favorite is um, Chihuahua races for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> that was one of the cutest things. Wow. Yeah. So you know, but wow. it, it has become known now as more of a dog-friendly, family-friendly town. And this summer, that's all I see are little kids and dogs. It's fantastic. So it's really. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, are there are are I don't know a lot of beaches that are sort of quote unquote dog friendly. Is that unusual? Yes, yeah. we're probably one of the most dog friendly beaches in the world, maybe, but certainly on the United States on the eastern coast. Yeah, and dogs wow. are allowed on the beach year round. The only exception is they're not allowed from nine thirty until 5.30, although as Todd said, it at five o'clock. At month the lifeguard leaves, the dogs are there. Yeah. Um, but technically 9.30 to 5.30. And the reason is because it's too crowded and it's too hot for the dogs. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise they're allowed any other time, even in summer. Wow, well, I did have um, um, uh, one question for Todd. Was there ever a moment in time where when you identified, um, when you identified this, this allergy for Millie that your family thought of getting rid of you and <laughs> keeping the dog. <laughs> your sentiment is not unique. Yeah, I I Yeah, I was I was thinking um because we we were we were if the same thing happened to us we would the same thing. It would be I would have gone not brandy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so, as a result, we make changes. Uh, the dog is not allowed in, in our bedroom. And uh, my main team is also, well, my main team is also, the, we make some changes. The dog is no longer allowed in our bedroom. Uh, and I'm sorry, my main team, which is actually serving as my office until for the foreseeable future. And the dog is really not allowed in there either. But she will go into both places any chance he gets. Even if the door's even just not last shut, she will get on her hand legs and push it open and come in. And um, so those are some of the changes we've made.
And so far, I think things are going pretty good. We have a lot of hardwood floors in our home, and <laughs> there's there, uh, huh. and that's good. Yeah, so it, it, it's been working out pretty well. So he does an adjusting. Great. So, so let's, let's get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the book a bit because I went through it and I found it. Um, it reminds me of a of a couple of books where there's there's a sort of a story and there's a protagonist and you get drawn in and you really kind of weave this um, this whole integration of um, side by side. Well, actually, let me put it this way: side by side, there's really two stories. One is training uh, Dewey, right? Training Dewey um, and getting a project done at work, um, and even with a tough a tough boss sort of overhead and you you guys do a really interesting and a fabulous job of interweaving the lessons that are not revolutionary but and anyone that has gone through um, uh, obedience training could clearly recognize but you integrate that into the story of how um, the protagonist sort of overcomes so I'd love to know first of all what talk about the writing process and how you guys came up with this and what it was what it was like. Well, it actually began about 50 yards from here on the first time I met Diane, which her and I came down here, I guess it was in early 2003, and she oh. got me to see Oh, I'm sorry. Where did you lose me? <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. I got you. I got you now. Okay, okay. So um, I take a look at the manuscript that I and we, you know, as you know, I'm a storyteller, Jeff. And, uh, <laughs> and I Wanted to, you know, so basically we took a lot of her concepts on leadership and management and tried to build this narrative and story around it. And it involves, uh, it's very different from a lot of the corporate writing articles and things, our presentations of it, because, you know, a lot of this involved walking up and down this beach, literally. <laughs> and then back then, Diane still lived in Chester County, so this is all in the off season. So we're literally like walking on this beach in February. Which, by the way, is, is wonderful. Now. Still nice. Yes, yes. yes. And, uh, and just, you know, talking about ideas and, you know, let's make sure that uh, when a person really acts this way in a situation, how many times have you actually been in this situation? Uh, how do we uh, tie it all back to, uh, to uh, the training, the obedience training, and how that those things work together? So, trying to spin this together that is still instructional and meaningful and uh and a little bit of my point or yeah our corny corny wet so if the joke makes you grow and it's a pun it was probably the part i was (laughs) i have to say that some of this stuff was uh for me it was autobiographical a lot of it um i truly was um one of i was one of the first females in management in the pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. and i was supervising uh, a man who was at that time, probably 40 years my senior, and looking down his nose, it means that, well, what do you know? I've been in this business for, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years or whatever. And, um, you know, it was it was a challenge. And so this guy would constantly be a pain in the butt. You know, he would call all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'd ask him to do something, they'd be obstinate about it, and he'd try to convince you that it was a dumb idea or that you shouldn't do it or uh, couldn't be done or whatever. And I realized when I took my dog to train dog training that she had me just take the dog and lead him 
a certain direction. And she could see from that immediately. She said, you need to let that dog know who's in charge. And she said, watch this. So she went over to the dog and yanked his chain, literally. Yuck. And and the dog just followed, like, where'd you walk? The dog just followed her right along. And so that just, that's when the light went on. I started realizing this particular gentleman that was such a pain in the butt was just like my dog, that I needed to yank his chain and let him know I was in charge. And so that's exactly what happened that the next time he, uh, we talked and he was being obstinate, I said, look, I want this done and I want it on my desk by Monday. And there was like this long silence. And it was one of those whoever speaks first loses. So I didn't say a word. And eventually after about a minute, he said, well, as long as you put it that way, uh, you have a suggestion how I can do it? And it's like, yes. <laughs> you know, if he knew I learned that in dog training, though, oh my goodness. <laughs> but I did. It was it that that is a true story that actually happened. And he was much wow. better after wow. that. <laughs> I realized I, I, bet. To, yeah. I realized he was used to more of an autocratic, domineering type of management style, which was not my style. And I had to change my style with him to just say, look, just do it. <laughs> um, it would be great. Can you, because um, I've talked a little bit about the, the story, but can you maybe give just a quick synopsis of this story so people know what it's, uh, what it's about? Because like I said, it's interesting how you've weaved um, mm -hmm. a story about business into uh, obedience training. Well, uh, basically, uh, it starts as I did, as I said, from a real life story. Um, in terms of a management situation where I saw the analogy between mm -hmm. training dogs and, and training people or managing people. Uh, so in this case, it starts off with my being um, a very stressed out uh, individual working as most people today are, quite frankly, um, and then stuck with a dog that was unruly. And some people said at that time, well, why don't you just take the dog back to the SBC? I said, you don't do that when you're chairman of the board. <laughs> so I, was really in, I was really in a, a rock between the rock and the hard place. And so I slept on it. And when I woke up, I said, I know, I'm taking that dog to a police dog trainer. It wasn't just a trainer. It was someone who was going to get them all lined up. And it, and it worked. So then it was easy from there to kind of figure out the story that we wanted to tell based on the principles and we're wrapping the story around that. So tell me yeah, when so, I can tell you. I'd like to say that what at, what Todd added to the book most, along with some terrific writing, uh, was a lot of humor. 
And one of my favorite lines in the book was when we are when we're at the dog training class and all the dogs are getting to know each other as they do. And Todd says, um, dogs master the art of ass kissing long before corporate America. <laughs> That's my favorite line in the book. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Do you guys believe that there's a place for dogs in the workplace, that they people should bring their dogs to work? Yes. Uh, you can. I have people here in Dewey who bring their dogs to their shops, mm -hmm. and it actually brings people into the store. Yeah. It helps business. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people have dogs in their workplace these days, Jack. They're at home. I know. They're at home. I know. That's true. And the dogs like it, I might add. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I, I think we talk about the issues as people begin uh, at some point to get back to even more a normal environment where maybe they spend even more days at work and work from home. I'm not sure we'll ever go back to, you know, I think this will change us forever. But what's the impact on the dog? Because now they're, they're you know, they love it. You're there 24 hours. And so I think there's going to be an interesting uh, ramification. They'll, uh, they'll all be in dog psychologists or something, but something's <laughs> going it, to, it's, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna impact them. I think it's gonna impact them. Um, oh, this is this is uh, this is great. How do people? Um, I'll put up the website um, right now. But how do people find the book uh, and get it? Like I said, it's it's not a long book. It's very easy to read. You can practically read it in one setting, and it's really um, it's really interesting. How do people how do people find it and order it and everything? Okay. Well, first of all, it's available on Amazon. Um, but secondly, they can go to our website, managementunleashed.com, and they can order a copy there, or they can call one of us if they want a signed copy. We'll be glad yes, to yes. sign one and mail absolutely, it out. Absolutely. I didn't actually see a couple copies at Browse uh, at, uh, My Books in downtown Hope yesterday. Good. Sign, sign copy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, and how do, they, how do they reach you? I don't know if you want to give your emails out, but how do they reach you if they want a signed copy mm -hmm. and all that? Yeah, Right. And also, for people looking to hire in the White House, again, it is also available to the main point books in the White Great. Great. Well, I, I just want to, um, I just really want to thank you both for being on this show. This is, as you know, the whole reason I set this up was because um, Brandy, which, which he was a case hound, which is basically, um, if I don't know if you guys are familiar, but a case hound is essentially a walking stomach, a 45 pound, 40 to 45 pound walking stomach that eats everything in sight. And they're alpha dogs. I mean, they will run the house um, and uh, and take over. And I did it because of the life lessons that he taught me being an only child um, uh, throughout life. And so I've gotten some great feedback, but I love having guests on uh, and talk about their pets and talk about the lessons and, um, you guys have been absolutely great. I highly recommend this book. It's a fabulous mm -hmm. book. Um, you'll learn something about business and how to deal with uh, difficult people in difficult situations. But it's it's really kind of told through the lens, I think, of um, uh, of going to obedient tra obedience training for your for your dog and kind of taking those mm -hmm. principles in. Um, so if you guys want to, after we end the broadcast, hang on for a minute because um, okay. we can still talk for a second. Um, I've put up the URL, which is Management um, Unleashed. I, you know, go there. It's actually a really great website, and you, know, um, you can learn more. And it's uh, I've had the opportunity to talk to uh, uh, Todd Cameron and Diane Hansen 
Um, uh, and the name of the book, again, is Management Unleashed, Leadership Lessons from My Dog. So thank you guys very, very much. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure.